If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Scott Trailer. He's Kirk Elliott. We're the Racing Boys. Todd Surprise spinning the dials here for us at uh, RBN. The Race Boys Broadcasting Network. Kyle back there at 810, spinning the dials for us back there, doing a great job as well. Kirk, how you doing, bud? Uh, doing great this morning. I, I hate this weather. I, you know, I'm ready for spring, for crying out loud. This is just awful, what it's at doing out well, there. But I guess we don't have any races scheduled here in Kansas City tonight anyway. But, hey, I'm ready for spring. Right. Bring it on. So... Kirk, let's start off by talking about your Iowa Cyclones. Iowa State Cyclones. I, Iowa State. Now. Yeah, Iowa State Cyclones. They got beat last <laughs> night. They, they got beat up last <laughs> night. How bad was it? Uh, you had 13 points. It wasn't that. You know. it, was a, it was a close game through first yeah. half, wasn't it? I mean, it was a pretty good game. Yeah, they and they battled back and even took a lead at one point in the game. Right. But, uh, you know, Kansas played pretty well last night. So Did you I go? think they were playing for their coach. Who's in the hospital or did, just released from the hospital? Did you go to the game? I did not go last night. I went on Thursday. Right. They beat Baylor for the second time in six days. That was fun. Yeah. But I didn't go last night. Tickets cost too much money. I did. I didn't want to. Pay you know, any it's kind expensive. Of money hey, cost. you know, Todd, that's something that we've talked about here recently on, on mostly motorsports. Yeah, absolutely. Is how much concert tickets. Sporting tickets, everything. They're just getting too much, too much money. Pension, pension out the guys that are would go to multiple events and making you choose the the singular event. You know what I'm saying? You kind of look at your entertainment and say, yeah, I'd like to see these three concerts, but I'm going to save my money for that concert. You well, know? you know what's funny is, is I went to saw the uh, Kentucky Headhunters last night. They were pretty good. Yeah, they're a good band. Yeah, they're pretty. Been good. around a long time. Old timers. Yeah, they, they bunch of old timers. Like I'm going to see Buddy Guy tonight on and. Uh, I haven't made up my mind if I'm going to go see Buddy Guy tonight or Alter Bridge. Yeah, I think they. I think there's a few single, maybe a couple double tickets left with, but it was almost sold out last time I looked for for Buddy Guy. It's his final farewell tour, but that wasn't a cheap ticket either. That was a that was a ninety dollar ticket. $35 last night down there at Knuckleheads. Just expensive stuff all around. But 35 I can pay 35 Yeah, no, like you bad. said. But, right. you're, but you're seeing them in a bar. In right. the old days, the, that bar would be a $15 show. Right. You know, so like you said, yeah. we're doubled on everything now. Yeah. So they were a good show last night. Huh? It was a good show last night. Yeah, it was really good. Got home by, at a decent time, about 11 o'clock. It was a pretty good show. So um, last night, Kirk... You watched a little bit of racing last night, didn't you? Uh, yeah, man, the late models were – that was a wild night for late model action last night. I was night. talking about the midgets. Well, the midget was a good show. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But the uh, the big the, the big action was in the late models last night. Where did the late models run? They ran a uh, Comp Cam Super Series event down at uh, Boot Hill Speedway in uh, – Louisiana last night. It was on Flow Racing, and Logan Martin picked up the win, but he he moved out of the way. The guy that was uh, 
in front in that race. Uh, Dylan McCowan. Uh, I think that, yeah, that's who, no, it was, uh, yeah, Dylan McCowan. I believe that's who it was. Bumped him out of the way for the win on the final lap. And then down at, and I didn't see this last night because they didn't have video of it. They had what's called the Toilet Bowl at Clarksville, Tennessee last night. The Uh, Toilet Bowl? The Toilet Bowl. What's that all about? (laughs) Tuskegee, what do they call that? The the Tuckasee Toilet Bowl Classic. That's a heck of a name. $3,000 to win last night, but Dennis Herb Jr., the reigning World of Outlaws late model that's champion. One, that's one step below the Chili Bowl. Right. He passed Josh Rice for the win on the last lap. Uh-huh. Brian Shirley comes home third. I didn't get to watch that race last night. I didn't either. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was uh, that was uh, not on video. You, that you I didn't watch tell. it last night? The only race that was on video last night was the uh, Comp Cam Super Series event that I told you about that Logan Martin won last night. But. A lot of, lot of tore-up sheet metal in that race last night. But uh, you and I just got through watching the replay of the... Uh, Cannon McIntosh picking up the win. Indoor midget race. Extreme right. midget outlaw... The Extreme Outlaw Midget Series. Yeah. Happened. Shane Cottle led yeah. a good portion of that race. And that track was in great shape, I it, thought. It was. It had a top groove and a bottom groove. Yeah, it was. They had a event back in December, I think it was, and... They had a pretty good racetrack that night, as I recall. Right. So whoever's doing the prep work on that track out at the DeCoin, the Southern Illinois Center in DeCoin, hats off to you. Great right. job of preparing a good racetrack. That was a good track for sure. And uh, we, we saw we saw Cannon McIntosh make the move around on the outside, which always says a lot about a racetrack, yeah. right? A pretty good battle there between Jade Abadesian and Thomas Messerol. Those two were going at it there in the final few laps, but Timaz finally was able to get by Abadesian there at the end. Yeah, right there at the end of the race. Got around her. Kind of went in there and gave her a wheel a little bit, didn't he? She uh, wasn't going to give that up easy. She was right. uh, she was battling Timaz pretty hard there for a little while, but Timaz uh, got a little rough there, and he uh, he was able to get the He spot. roughed her up a little bit, he? roughed didn't her he? up. Yeah. So Zach Dom ended up running fifth last night. Chase Johnson was sixth. Um, pretty good field of cars down there last night. Mitchell Moles was down there. Chase Crum was there. Um, Taylor Reimer was there. There was a, a bunch of good cars down there last night, wasn't there? Yeah. I have been so impressed with Jade. Uh, the way she's running. We saw her down at the Chili Bowl. Finished in a top three position on one of the prelim nights down there. She, I'll tell you what, that girl's going to win a race or two. Oh, no doubt. I have no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. She's running up front, and she is a factor. You know, I always talk about relevancy, if you're relevant in right. these races. And she has been in a lot of the events that she's competed in. She's always been up towards the front. Yeah. I mean, for the most part. But she she's taken a, another step, I believe, and uh, she's uh, she's going to be a factor. Who do you think is the best female driver right now, Kurt? Well, I, you know, it's hard to say between her and Kaylee Bryson. Right. Kaylee impressed me in a Silver Crown race last year. 
And I think she, she would have won a lot that laps. race. She could. She she should have won that race. Really. I think she would have won it. Yeah. If, and she, something broke on the car. I can't right. Exactly. Remember yeah. what? Uh, but uh, she put on a show, and she's going to run the whole Silver Crown Series this year. So between Jade and Kaylee Bryson, I think are the two. What about Tyler Rimmer? She's not quite on the level. She's not Kaylee quite there and yet. Jade, yeah, I don't right. think. No, I don't either. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, both those girls. She ran 17th last night. Kaylee. T- Taylor. Taylor did. Yeah. Taylor. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was Kaylee even there last night? I don't. She wasn't there last I didn't night. I think she was. Uh-uh. But uh, I wonder why she wasn't there. Well, I think she's got some different things going on. I know she's got that full-time Silver Crown ride. Exactly what else she's got going on, I'm not quite sure. A little bit different schedule than what she had going on last year. Uh, but I'm telling you, between Taylor and, I'm sorry, between Jade and Kaylee, between those two girls, I think they're going to win a race or two here this year. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, Kirk, how about um, Jonathan Davenport going to run the Cup Series at Bristol? What do you think about that? I thought that's big news. And that's a pretty good ride. Colleague racing. Yeah, it's he's a, gonna be in a he's a, gonna be in a good ride. A decent ride. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get some track time. What uh it's gonna be like driving a street stop right. for him. The only thing I'd be concerned about, it's a different race car than he's used to running, the thousand pounds more than what he's used to driving. They're not gonna hook up the way they normally do. Right. And he needs track time. So what I'm, you know, you wonder about the weather, what it's going to be like at Bristol that weekend, if they get good enough weather where these guys can get out on the racetrack and do some hot laps. Get some laps. Because if we've seen it in years past, we've seen qualifying and. The track just turned to crap. Yeah, the track turned to crap. And they don't get enough time out on the racetrack jonathan davenport's going to need time out on the racetrack get used to that car yeah no doubt about it what do you think he'll do all right how do you think he'll do kurt i don't know but you know with that heavier race car you you got to pitch it into the corners a little bit different than what he's used to with a late model doesn't he yeah well just the suspension on these cars are like three link suspension on the rear of them they're not four four bar they don't raise up. They don't hike up. They don't do a lot of the stuff that the late models do. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. I'm I'm anxious to see it. I think that's huge news for uh, uh, not only dirt late model racing, but also just brings added interest to this event. Here's a guy who won over $2 million last year, won that million-dollar race at Eldora last year. Yeah. Arguably the top late model driver in the world right now getting at a cup car at Bristol in the cup race and a ride that I think is a pretty good ride. It's going to be very interesting to see how he does. Yeah. Hey, Kirk, uh, Carson Macedo picked up the win at Volusia here this last week. Monday night. Monday night. They had two nights of racing down there. Right. Yeah, that's... uh, Carson Macedo's off to a pretty good start right now. Um, if, he, if, might, he might be the guy that has, might be contending for that championship. Well, he and David Gravel right now. Gravel won his third race down there uh, at Volusia on Monday night after Carson Macedo picked up the win on Sunday night. 
Right. Uh, those two guys are ahead of Brad Sweet, the four-time reigning World of Outlaws champion right now. You'd have to say that. Brad Sweet is not running as well as either Carson Macedo or David Gravel. Um, Kent said she broke a rocker arm last night. Who did? I think Jade might have broken a rocker arm last night. Is that who you're talking about, Ken? Jade? I'm not sure if that's... Uh, I thought she finished the race last night. Did she not? She might have. Did she end up third? Um, So, Kirk, last night they raced out in Arizona. Talk yeah. about that race a little bit. You know, I went to bed before that... Uh, feature rolled out on the racetrack it was out on the west coast canyon raceway park yeah just outside of phoenix they had an ascs southwest region race out there last night they only got nine laps in didn't they and they rolled out the a main and there's pretty good race going on dominic celsi was in the hunt dj netto had jumped out to the early lead in that race there were several drivers out there wasn't there yeah, not as many heavy hitters as I thought there would be. There's a lot of, you know, the California guys out there, but a lot of the guys from the what, Midwest. Was I any of the McCarls there? I thought I saw Austin McCarl there. Uh. Yeah, Austin was there. He won. I think he won a heat race earlier mm. in the night. Yeah. But they ran nine laps, and a yellow flag came out. looked like JT Imperial got off the track down there in turn number three. But then... They said another card spun out, coming out of turn four, which was Mark Dobmeyer. But they didn't pan the camera to Mark. You know, whenever you see a video and you say, uh-oh, we got a problem on the front straightaway, Mark Dobmeyer spun the out, camera the camera, goes camera to the pans cars. over to the right, right, and you wonder, hope nothing's wrong there. And there was a long silence, and they brought the ambulance out. And then the, the comment was made that... Uh, well, I don't know. You know, we may have to uh, take Mark in. Nothing more was said about that. And then, I think it was Chris Steppen. It sounded like Chris Steppen's voice on the PA. He said, well, we've gone past the curfew, which was 11 o'clock. So we're going to uh, pick up this race at 6 o'clock tomorrow, tomorrow night, meaning tonight. And that was that. And they said, but what we're going to do is we're run the micros. one of the micro classes and run that race. Right. The micros weren't near as loud. But if anybody was out there, I know it's early out there in Arizona right now that can give us an explanation of what actually went on right. out there, that why they couldn't finish up that race only nine laps into a 25-lap feature race, and called it because of the curfew. Mark Dobmeyer, they towed his car off, but they didn't say anything more. If he was something wrong with Mark, or he was hurt or anything, nobody said anything about it. That's kind of unusual, isn't it? And so I hope he's okay. But it, it, it appeared that the, uh, the initial yellow flag came out for the 75 car that was off sitting off the racetrack in turn number three last night. But then they talked about Mark Dobmeyer. And then that was it for the rest of the night. We only saw nine laps of it, and they're just going to pick it up tonight. Now, why in the world would you be up against a curfew 
knowing that you're probably not going to get it in, but yet you start the race and you're they shut you down because of the curfew. If I'm a paid cust if I'm a paying customer in the stands, wouldn't make see me too happy. Race, right. Is that a complete does that mean I gotta come back and buy another ticket for tomorrow night to watch the finish of the race that I paid money for? I don't know. I just need more explanation of what went on there. The bottom line is we didn't see the finish of that three sixty sprint car race last night. Out of Canyon Raceway Park. Well, we see that out of Valley Speedway, though, from time to time, where they have to they have to run the race the next week. But Dennis Shroud has done a pretty good job of making sure that he starts early enough to get him in. Right. He's he's got the, that's pretty rare that they don't finish up the race out at Valley. Yeah. With that curfew, but but, but once in a while, that last happens. night they didn't plan that very well. Mm. I didn't think. Mm-hmm. If you only got nine laps of a 25-lap race in, that means you didn't allow enough time to get that whole race in. Yep. That was the first yellow flag of the race, too, by the way. Hey, today is the uh, Clyde Ellis Carbon car show down there in North Kansas City for the Snake Saturday Parade. It's going to be a little chilly down there today. Wish they had a better day. Oh, man. I think they need to move that forward a little bit. We've think? seen years where the weather has been pretty good for Snake yeah. Saturday, but middle of March, you just never know what you're going to get. Right. It's typically cold for the most part. Just about every time it's cold down there, isn't it, Kurt? Yeah. Remember when we took the RV down there that one year? I do. Remember get, that? Get there early. Yeah. Traffic comes rolling in. That was a good thing. You know, we're doing this show live down there we got down there early enough we didn't have to fight the traffic to get in but when it was over you're go- you're going to be there a while right yeah because the, the big crowd big crowd down there yeah that's a huge thing for north kc yeah. has been for many years it's kind of sad to look over there and see nkc pro bowl and finnegan's hall closed up that's not good are they using that as a parking lot over there? Do you know? I think there there is still a parking lot across the street over right. there. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, I don't have all the information on that. But uh, anyway, we just wish that uh, we had better weather. You know, they're supposed to have a race. I think the first race in the Kansas City area is supposed to be a week from tonight up at I thirty five Speedway. They've got a a big USRA modified race right up there a week from tonight. They did have a practice session last. Sunday afternoon up there, so some people showed up for that. So, And in a couple of weeks, it's uh, King of America time down at Humboldt Speedway. We've got the King of America coming on. That's the 23rd through the 25th. We'll talk more about that. We'll try to get John Allen, the owner of Humboldt Speedway, on here in the next couple of weeks, talk about that big event coming up. That's one of the crown jewel of dirt modified racing, and we're just two weeks away from that event happening. Right. Um, uh, we got good friends listening to us up in Central Point, Oregon. Uh, they're awake this morning and listening to the show, so we appreciate them tuning in to the show. Appreciate it. Um, who was that? Kelly. Kelly from up there. So good to hear from you, Kelly. All right, um, listen, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to play some sound from Chase Briscoe, right, Kurt? Uh, yes, 
Cup Series driver. Remember a year ago, he won at Phoenix. Right. Can he do it again on the 14th? He hadn't done it much this year. And we'll talk to Chase Briscoe next right here on Track Talk. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB in a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Scott Trailer. Joining us now is the driver of the number 14 Stuart Haas Racing Mahindra Tractors Ford. Chase Briscoe joins us on the show. Chase, how you doing? I don't do too bad. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, boy, it's it's been a little bit of a struggle so far this year, hasn't it? Yeah, it's definitely definitely been a struggle. You know, I think you know it makes it a little bit tougher when your expectations are so high. Just with how we kind of finished last season, thinking that you know we were going to be kind of in the hunt week in and week out, and we just haven't really been able to find the, the comfort or the speed in the car this year. So definitely been a struggle, but, uh, you know, Phoenix last year was probably our best overall track both times we went there. So hopefully we can uh, turn around this weekend and kind of get some of that confidence back and uh, start kind of go, getting back up, you know, towards the front of the leaderboard. You picked up the win last year at Phoenix. That, it, it's got to do a lot for your confidence going into this weekend, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think some of it is, is going to be, well, a lot of it's going to be different. Just, you know, normally if you have a good package, at least this next-gen car, it's normally all the same. But this year, you know, going to Phoenix with this new downforce package and everything else, you know, how much can we really take from what we had last year? So that's the, the one part I think that we're all still trying to figure out is, you know, we had a really, really good car there last year, both races. But now with everything changing, you know, are we going to be able to adapt? So, yeah, until we get on track uh, on Friday for practice, we're not going to know where we stack up. But hopefully, you know, our car has the speed that it had last year and, uh, you know, drives as good as it did there last year. We were really, really good and just uh, kind of go wherever there last year. So hopefully it's the same with a lot less downforce, and I guess we'll find out here in a couple of days. What What is the most difficult thing about driving this new car? Uh, in, in your eyes, is it the feel for the car? It, it is Just kind of give me an overall take on the difference between this car and the cars years past i think the biggest thing is now just if you're just a little bit off it you know you find yourself 25th really quickly where you know the old car there was just such a big gap in the field from first to last where now that the field is you know from a time delta standpoint you know cut in half if not even more than half and you find yourself now, if you're, you know, say four or five tenths off the pace, well, before where that would be, you know, a 12th place car, now you're a 26th place car. So right. to me, that's the biggest thing with this car is just how tight the field is. And, and when you're just, you know, barely off, it just really, really makes it look a lot worse than what it is just because everybody's so tight now with, you know, the parity that we have where everybody has the same cars, and the same parts and pieces, and it's just a matter of putting them all together. So I would say that's the biggest thing is before – you know, if you're only three or four tenths off, you're normally, you know, in the top ten still. Where now, you know, if you're three to four tenths off and qualifying, you're normally starting 25th on Sunday. So just a lot tighter of a field and uh, just makes it where you have to have, you know, all your eyes dotted and your T's crossed when you go to the racetrack. And uh, something that we're still trying to, to figure out on our end. Yeah, you just signed a multi-year deal with uh, Stuart Haas Racing. Talk about that and what that what does that do for you security-wise? 
Yeah, for sure. It's definitely huge, you know, just from a confidence side that they believe in me as much as they do, especially at a time like this where we're kind of struggling on the racetrack. You know, it's nice to know that they still believe in me and, you know, you're going to be here for a couple of years for sure, no matter what happens. But, you know, for me, it's definitely kind of uncharted territory in my career. I've never had it where I've not been on a year-to-year deal. So, you know, now being a father, my outlook on that probably changes a lot more than, than what it would have before that. Um, just knowing that, you know, I'm going to be able to, to have a livelihood for my family is nice to know for the next coming, you know, couple of years. So, um, yeah, it's definitely different, though, from a confidence side and things like that. I feel like you kind of just know in the back of your mind that um, you have time where when you're on those year-to-year deals, it's just hard to – got to not that you don't still have to make every weekend count, but you know that when you have a bad weekend, you know, it's not the end of the world that you're going to get another opportunity at it, another one you know, for the next coming weeks and you're not worried about your job. And I feel like anytime you can have the, you know, no stress of worrying if your job is going to be on the line or not, it just helps your performance. So hopefully uh, we can we can get our performance back up, though, and um, kind of show why, you know, we're going to be here for a couple more years. Uh, you started racing uh, sprint cars at the age of 13. Um, talk, ab- uh, talk about that time period because back in those days, a lot of people didn't drive sprint cars at 13 years old right now, but we see a lot of young guys now coming up through the ranks that are sprint car drivers at a young age. Talk about when you were 13 and driving that 410 sprint car. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to think that was 15 years ago now. Um, it makes me definitely feel older. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it's that's a point that I've never really thought of. You know, when I when I started racing sprint cars, you know, I was 13, and at the time that was extremely extremely young you know before that it was brian clausen at 14 and um you know it just was was weird to see a young guy or you know a kid racing sprint cars especially 14 sprint cars so right yeah now it's kind of the norm you have you know ryan tims and you know all all these young kids that are extremely good at such a young age and they just race all the time but yeah when i was doing it you know i remember racing against guys that my dad raced against you know racing against dave darlin and guys like that and there was really no kids out there racing other than myself so yeah it's 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 weird how much it's changed in really a, a relatively short time because now it's definitely the, the normal you know when you think about it if you're 17 18 years old now getting your start in sprint cars or midgets you're really late and kind of behind the, the curve i feel like where you know when i was doing it at 13 i think there was a lot of people kind of surprised and even questioning that you know kids shouldn't be able to run one of these race cars so that's yeah, definitely interesting how the whole mindset and perspective on it's changed over just the course of 15 years for sure are are you going to run a a 410 this year are you going to get out there and race a little bit this year yeah i'm for sure going to run some dirt stuff this year uh i'm I'm still working on my schedule i think i'm pretty close hopefully should have something in the next week or two but uh, it'll be a little bit of everything uh you know i'll probably scale back on the sprint car side a little bit more Uh, i'm gonna try to run some more midget stuff and, and even dabble a little more in the dirt late model scene but um we'll still run a sprint car race here or there just trying to figure out what makes the most sense and trying to figure out with you know the nascar schedule but then also trying to spend as much time as i can at home as well so yeah uh, still trying to figure it all out but definitely going to try to run at least 15 dirt races this year as you know uh racing boys we did the broadcast for the chili bowl midget nationals for 16 years and this year uh you ran 10th in that b main uh, b main one but, man, when I go back and I look at the drivers that were in that B-Main, Chris Windham, Jade Avedisian, uh, Zeb Weiss, Kevin Thomas Jr., um, 
Ryan Timms, Tim Buckwalter. That was a pretty stacked B main, wasn't it? Yeah, I feel like you know, I've been. I think I've been in the B main the last four years there on Saturday night, and you know the B mains there are always like a an A main anywhere else you go in the country any time of the year. So, yeah, that that race is just extremely hard to make. You know, I think this coming year will be my 11th year at the Chili Bowl, and I've I've only made one of them, and I've been in the B main I think six times. So, mm. uh, that race is just so hard to make, and in this last year probably stings a little more than others. I felt like from a speed standpoint, that was probably one of my better ones, and was able to be in a, a final transfer there until Akasha came out with three to go and kind of biked up and, and lost all kinds of spots. So that's the, the tough thing about Chili Bowl where, you know, you get one shot at it every year. And if it, if it goes well, it's fun. But if it doesn't go well, you have to wait a whole year to do it. Right. So I've unfortunately been in that position where I've had to wait a whole year, you know, a couple of years down the road to, to get redemption at it and haven't been able to get back in the show. So hopefully this coming year, like I said, I'm going to run a lot more midget stuff this year and hopefully get my program a little bit better and, I think that'll be big for for me as a race car driver, but also as a team. You know, it's hard to to go to Chili Bowl every year and and race against you know the Keith Coons and the Chad Boats and guys that race 60, 70 races a year with you know five, ten plus cars. Where our team races two races a year, it's just hard to go there with a notebook. So hopefully this year, uh, racing a little bit more will help us come Chili Bowl time. There's a lot of luck involved in the Chili Bowl. You, you got to have a little bit of luck along the way, don't you? Yeah, I would say, you know, that's one of those races where unless you're a select, you know, eight to ten guys, you definitely need to have a little bit of luck to to go your way. But it seems like there's that, you know, like I said, those eight to ten guys that doesn't matter what happens to them, they always can find themselves in the show on Saturday. And You know, I feel like everybody throughout that week always faces some sort of adversity, whether it's a pill draw or getting caught up in something or, you know, a caution coming out at the wrong time. There's always something that, that doesn't go your way. But Unless you're one of those eight to ten guys, you definitely need those little breaks to kind of go your way. And and for us, that's where I feel like we're always on that you know 25th, uh, 30th best car in the building, and we just need a little bit more to to kind of creep into that field on Saturday night. So, yeah, yeah definitely uh, luck can go your way and help you there. But there is some guys it seems like it doesn't matter what happens to them, they always find themselves there on Saturday night being in contention. How many races do you think you'll be running this year on dirt? Do you know? Uh, yeah, just, I don't really know a hundred percent, but for sure, at least 15, you know, I don't know how many of those will be sprint cars or late models or midgets, but, uh, will for sure be a, you know, a wide variety of stuff and, and probably be pretty close to the NASCAR races typically. So yeah, like I said, should, should have something hopefully finalized in the next week or two and should be able to release it. Just trying to figure out what makes sense and, and getting the wife's permission before I, I commit to it all. You you always have to get the wife's permission, don't you? That that always helps. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you, you mentioned that you have a kid. Do you have a son or a daughter? Uh, I got a son. A yeah, seventeen month old son. Yeah. So uh, you think there's going to be some plans in his future to be a race car driver? I don't know. I don't know if my heart can take it. Truthfully, you know, I, when I had the sprint car team a couple of years ago, I had you know CV driving and Timez driving and, and Darlin driving, and I was a nervous wreck up in the grandstands every time. And yeah. you know, I like those guys, but it's not like they're my sons. So I don't know if my heart will be able to take it if my son does end up wanting to do it. You know, I'm sure with Millbridge being kind of right here in the backyard, you know, at some point he'll probably go try it. But I, I think it's it's going to kind of be the same as my dad was, you know, he definitely didn't necessarily want me to race, but as you naturally grew up around it, you kind of want to try it always. And I think it'll probably be the same for, for my son. You know, I'm not going to push it on him by any means, but at some point just 
with as often as he's going to be around it, he's probably going to want to try it at some point. And if he does, then we're going to try it. But if not, it's not going to hurt my feelings either. So yeah. we'll just have to see what happens when, that, when we get to that road. We need to talk a little bit about Kansas Speedway. What does that racetrack mean to you? And do you feel like you're pretty comfortable at Kansas Speedway? Yeah, Kansas has been, you know, kind of up and down for us. You know, in the past it was a really good track for me, and this past year was was kind of just a struggle really ever since I got to the Cup Series. So, yeah, definitely got some work to do. You know, I think this year our, our mile-and-a-half program has definitely been, you know, tough. But, yeah, we're so early in the season, it's going to be hard to say what's going to happen come, come around Kansas, but hopefully we can, you know, have some success there. Like I said, I've had some in the past there and always enjoy going there. So, Hopefully we can uh, get it done this time around. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know it, but I owned an ARCA team back in the day in 2003, back when when it was really tough, and a lot of the race, the, the cup teams had, um, they had uh, development teams, and they ran in ARCA, and it was really tough back in those days. There was like 50 or 60 cars running at every race. And I don't know if you know this, but Clint Boyer, ran second in my ARCA car down at Nashville Super Speedway, and then we went to Charlotte and ran in the top five all night down there. Um, what was it like to replace Clint Boyer in the 14 car? Yeah, it was, you know, I, I was a huge Clint fan myself, so I hated to see him get out, obviously. But, yeah, I think for me it was, you know, I think the cool thing for me is being such a, a Tony fan like I was and being, you know, obviously a fan of the 14 you know, I was always a fan of Clint, for one, just because he was a dirt guy. I feel like, you know, coming from the dirt side, you're always right. a fan of those guys. And, you know, there was really, you know, I feel like that's important for the 14 cars, always having a dirt guy in it. So, yeah, like I said, I was bumped. I mean, for myself, obviously, I was excited to get promoted to the 14. But, you know, it was obviously a big fan of Clint's. You know, he's such a personality and somebody that we need in the sport. I'm glad that he's obviously still in the booth and a part of our sport. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's cool that, you know, all four or three of the drivers that have driven the 14 in the Cup Series all have, you know, extreme ties to dirt racing and glad to, to carry that on that tradition. Yeah. What what has um, Kevin Harvick meant to you as a driver? Do you lean on him for advice? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Kevin has been somebody that's uh, probably one of the most important parts of my career, you know, on and off the racetrack. He's, he's the guy that always has literally every answer to any question you have, um, like I said, whether it's on or off the racetrack. So he's been somebody that's always had my back, always looked out for me, and always kind of kept me under his wing, and always, you know, like I said, the first guy I go to anytime I have a question. So for me, it's it's been really, you know, interesting to see kind of how he works behind the scenes and just all the, the detail and the effort that he puts in, and uh, definitely going to be sad whenever, you know, Kevin's not around anymore just because, like I said, he always has the answers to all those questions. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Chase, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on uh, Track Talk. Good luck to you this weekend. I got a feeling that you're going to rally back this weekend. You're going to have a nice, decent run at Phoenix, and we we can't thank you enough for being on the show with us today. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Always fun. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right. There you have it, Chase Briscoe. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with more of Track Talk right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB in a moment. Welcome back to Track Talk. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. 
They'll have their first race down at CMS on April 29th. So get down to CMS and check them out. And they are a great organization. And uh, they're led by one of the great leaders of all time, Bob Douglas. Does a great job. Hey, I want to remind everybody what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum right now. Um, They are giving away a 2023 Z06 Corvette with the Z07 Performance Package. It's pearl white Metallica, tri-coat color. Plus, they're going to give you $25,000 in cash to help you pay for the taxes. This car has 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 60 to 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. It's an 8-speed automatic. It's got the big brakes. It's got the big tires. It's got the big wheels. It's a mid-engine car. This is not your typical car, folks. This is a street race car. Kirk, would you call it a race car? Uh, Street legal race car, yes. Absolutely, yeah. So anyway, if you would like to uh, buy a raffle ticket to purchase this Corvette, all you need to do is go to winaz06corvette.com. That's winaz06corvette.com, and you can win this 2006 Z06 with a Z07 performance package on its pearl white. It is a special car, folks. 760 horsepower. Just imagine that. Driving around with 760 horsepower. You think that's too much for me to handle, don't you? I I think it would be a little too much for you to handle. You're king of the streets if you're running that bad boy. Man, oh, man. If if you're in that car, and and every penny that goes towards this Corvette goes directly to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. So... If you need, if you if you'd like to buy a, 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 a raffle ticket for this car, you can do so at winaz06corvette.com. What do you think about that, Kurt? I can't wait to see this car. I don't think they've taken delivery on it yet. It's going to be up in the window of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame, I would assume, before the start of the season. Did you see where Kyle Petty bagged on uh, Ryan Blaney? Yeah, and I don't, I don't understand, you know, why that he expects him to do. He hasn't won enough. Well, he's, he's won some races. I mean, he led the most laps last year of anybody who didn't win a race. But, hey, Martin Truex Jr. didn't win a race either last but year. But he didn't win a race, Kurt. He won the all-star race by holding up the window net at Texas. Remember that? He won that race. I know it, but that's not a point-paying race. That's not a point-paying race. I, I think Ryan Blaney will win a race this year. I just think uh, Kyle may be a little bit too hard on him. You think He's so? won races before. Ryan Blaney has won several races. Right. He just, has, he just says he's not won enough. Now, when you saw Ryan Blaney come into the Cup Series, did you think he was going to be a guy that was just going to set the world on fire and win a lot of races? I did. I thought he'd be better. Uh, he ended up running 13th this weekend, last weekend. Yeah, that's not that great, is it? No. You want to be up there contending. Uh, he was contending for a lot of races last he, year. He, he just didn't he, pick he, off the points paying list. He didn't lead a lap. 
the person that led the most amount of laps was William Byron last week, and Kyle Larson was second. You know, I always look at, uh, okay, how does he compare with his teammates? Right. You know, Joey Logano, Austin Sendrick. Austin Sendrick won the Daytona 500, but what else has he won in the Cup Series yet? It's, of course, he's not been there for more than a couple of years. But comparing him to Joey Logano, I think everybody thought Joey Logano was going to be a superstar when he came in. So to not say so that much. Ryan Blaney is going to be at the equal of Joey Logano, I never thought that. Right. Well, Kirk, today is my birthday today. Happy birthday to you. How about that? You went out and celebrated last night, didn't you? I, I'm, I'm going to go out and celebrate tonight. you got to do it tonight. This I, is actually your birthday. I haven't made up my mind. Todd, you're going to go see Buddy Guy tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. I've had these tickets for a little while, or ticket for a little while. And uh, Alter Bridge is pretty damn good, though. And you're going to, and Wolf, playing at? Wolfgang Van Allen's playing, is opening for them, so that's, you, I mean, you get. Wolfgang is opening for Alter Bridge? Yeah, yeah, that's the reason why. I, no I, kidding. Yeah, I mean, it, that's definitely probably a show you want to see. If people don't know that Mammoth Van Halen is, Mammoth v, VH is, Wolfgang Van Halen, which is Eddie Van Halen's son, and he has a band, and it's a very similar band to the Foo Fighters. It's that type of energy, that type of music, that type of, you know, it's not the noodly Eddie Van Halen stuff. Right. Um, it's, uh, Wolfgang plays every instrument on the albums, and then he he's, hires... He's really talented. Yeah, he's... Needless That's Valerie's to, son, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Is he more talented than Eddie? I don't know. I don't think so because people he can don't play more instruments. No, people don't realize Eddie Van Halen was a a, a cello player, a, a classically playing cello player and a piano player. Right. Uh, his dad was a flute and clarinet player. Um, but and that, he played piano. The whole yeah, both of them were classically trained music piano musician. Eddie and Alex is the drummer. So, but Wolfgang, obviously, when you get brought up in a Van Halen family, you're gonna learn about music and so anyway that tonight they are they are part of the opening act and it's i saw wolfgang on their first tour out in lawrence and uh, it was a great show it was his very first time ever being on stage in front of people and his own band obviously he toured with van right. halen as a bass player but uh his he, dad was there that night too wasn't well he? no that was this that was at another concert um but no valerie was at that concert and uh yeah, it was cool. It was just last year or two years ago. But, yeah, I definitely, if I didn't have tickets already purchased for Buddy Guy tonight, I would probably go see Wolfgang and Alter Bridge. Yeah. Playing on the same night. Yeah, there, actually, there's another concert somewhere else tonight, too. I saw somebody else post, somebody else said something about there's another good show tonight. There's three good shows tonight, and then you got the Big 12 tournament in town. I mean, it's it's hopping downtown tonight. I may go down and see Tanya Tucker tomorrow night. There you go. Tanya's in town, too. Just How about Knuckleheads, that? right? Knuckleheads, yeah. Just I think I might go to that. Really now. good concerts and good entertainment here in Kansas City. I wish it was a tad bit sunnier. You know, the, my, my only problem is really right now is the price of tickets. They're just high dollars. Oh, my gosh. I purchased my, my, my buddy guy ticket. was 90 bucks, and I didn't. I wanted to go see Marcus King, and his tickets are three $400. You and I saw him together, what, about a year ago? Yeah. Yeah, I think we didn't it pay that much money for no, those tickets we, we that pay, night. We we sit in the upper deck though, didn't yeah. we? I think it depends it on good. it was good. Yeah. It depends on venue and um and then crowd 
demand. They're almost driving the prices up to a point to where I can't afford to go to these. Oh, well, like we talked about earlier, it's yeah. like you got to pick. Kinda like that basketball tournament last yeah. night, I you know when it got up. How about, much was it, Kurt? Well, three hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, Gosh. two three hundred dollars for a ticket in the upper deck. Ah, it wasn't worth I it. I think I'll watch it on. And TV. then and then you got to buy some food, and then you got to park, and then you got to get out of there. You know, it's. I went down there and the other day, and I bought like a, a chicken tender basket, twenty two dollars, <laughs> five and a half dollars for a bottle of water. Yeah, see that just hurts. A man. bottle of water, five and a half bucks, yep. and tw- and twenty two dollars for the chicken. Exactly. Hey, I, I want to get this in. So almost thirty dollars to eat. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I want to get this in. Your birthday, happy birthday to yep. you. Happy birthday to Arlita Voice. The mainstay up at Knoxville Raceway, you know Arlita, yep, yep. 84 years old here just a few that? days ago. Happy birthday, Arlita. Yeah, no doubt. I've known her for decades. I know you have, too. She's She was the she's been she around was the a long time, there, wasn't she? Yeah, she's yeah. the kind of the boss up there, right? Great lady. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Kirk, uh, in hour number two, we're going to have an interview that we did with Chase Briscoe. He is the lead pit reporter for Chase Ruderman. Uh, 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 you said Briscoe, but that's okay. Oh, Chase I, I said Chase Briscoe, didn't I? You Chase right. Rodman. There you go. Chase Rodman. We're going to do an interview with him. And that thing's probably about 10 minutes long, isn't it? Yeah, and that's just a partial. So if you want the full interview and everything. We talked to him for about 30 minutes. Yeah, 30, 30, yeah. reporter minutes. for the World of Outlaws. Yeah. He's off this weekend. It's a bummer that Port Royal got wiped out he, this he's, he might be the best pit reporter in the business does a great job right yeah very studious next weekend he'll be at williams grove on friday and lincoln speedway on saturday hopefully the weather will cooperate next yeah no doubt and they rained out pa this weekend they did at port royal yeah no doubt all right well thanks everybody for tuning in it's all been brought to you by rod in supply featuring the power eye midwest lightning sprints don't forget you can see him at the first race april 29th down at central missouri speedway And it's all brought to you by Bob Douglas. He does a great job. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We want to thank Kyle back there at Sports Radio 810. Todd Surprise here. For my partner, Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. Hour number two coming up. You can watch it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and RacingBoys.com. We'll see you next week.